Hi everyone and welcome to Leukemia Chatters, a podcast about blood cancer from Leukemia Care. Today I'm joined by Zach. Hello. Nicole. Hello. And Kate. Hello. And hopefully Chris will be back with us next time, fingers crossed. So today we are talking about um, our Spot Leukemia campaign because September has come around stupidly fast. I think everyone would agree. I can't believe it's already what, four or five months we're doing the podcast. So yeah, come around quick. Um, so I guess we'll start off by discussing what, why we even do the Spot Leukemia campaign. And then Zach's got a little quiz for <laughs> testing the rest of us about <laughs> Putting that on me already. <laughs> um, but hopefully it should teach you guys listening a bit more about why we do the campaign as well. So um, Zach, would you mind starting off by just briefly explaining firstly what Blood Cancer Awareness Month is? And where it comes from. Yeah. Yes, well, so Blood Cancer Awareness Month is what it says on the tin, really. It's a month to raise awareness of blood cancers. And by blood cancer, we don't just mean leukemia. Mean, we mean collectively all of mm-hmm. the different blood cancer types, leukemia, lymphoma, myeloma, MDS, MPNs. So there's a whole range of blood cancers. The idea of the month is to, by everybody coming together with a common voice, raise awareness of the fact that blood cancer is the fifth biggest cancer type in the UK, the third biggest cancer killer, um, and some of the key issues that affect patients. And from our point of view, raise awareness and hopefully encourage early diagnosis. Mm-hmm. So, okay, early diagnosis, I guess that links into the spot leukemia campaign. So what is our spot leukemia campaign and why are we focusing on early diagnosis in particular? Um, so spot leukemia is a campaign that we've been running since 2017 so this is the third year we'll be doing it for blood cancer awareness month and the intention of that is the message has changed early diagnosis hasn't changed sorry (laughs) early (laughs) diagnosis hasn't improved in the last three years if anything early diagnosis is as much of a problem now as it was um, then and our intention with the spot leukemia campaign is everybody knows what leukemia is it's a term that's very well known, but actually not very well understood. Um, many people don't know that leukemia is a cancer. People don't know that leukemia can affect people of all ages. People don't know what the common symptoms of leukemia are. And it isn't about saying, be aware of leukemia, know the term. You don't need to be an academic and, <laughs> and understand all mm-hmm. of that. But knowing what the common symptoms are, and if you're experiencing those symptoms, what you should do. That's the purpose of the campaign. Yeah. So, like, generally, how are we going about it so you've talked about awareness of the symptoms as a, as a way of improving early diagnosis but who and how are we doing who are we doing that with and how so for the spot leukemia campaign there's two main audiences the first one is the public and as with any awareness campaign the idea is obviously anybody of any age can be affected by leukemia there are more common age groups than others and I won't mention that because that'll come up later. <laughs> um, but anybody can be affected by leukemia and therefore everybody should be aware of what the symptoms are and what they should do if they're experiencing those symptoms. The second part of early diagnosis is not just patient focused. It's focused at healthcare professionals and in particular at primary care. Mm-hmm. So the early diagnosis of leukemia in particular is much worse than the average for other cancer types. Um, and what we're trying to do is we're trying to reduce the proportion of patients who are diagnosed as an emergency. Um, and to do that, we're working with different healthcare professionals. And by that, we include GPs, we include pharmacists, we include opticians, and we include dentists. 
all of whom have different opportunities to spot the symptoms that patients are experiencing and have an impact in making sure they are diagnosed earlier. So I guess it's probably a good point to bring Kate into this. Um, so during your experience of being diagnosed with leukaemia, like, how does the campaign relate to, to your story? So I was diagnosed as an emergency, like Zach was saying, this is what we're trying to reduce. Um, and I had a meeting or an appointment with my GP initially before I was diagnosed where it wasn't picked up. Um, the fact that I could potentially have something like leukaemia. So really it was missed. And I think I'm not an anomaly. Most people with acute leukemias, especially are diagnosed or misdiagnosed and then diagnosed as an emergency. So for me, the spot leukemia campaign, the reason I got involved initially with, with leukemia care was because I wanted to try and help educate people like me, um, the symptoms of leukemia and also give people the kind of um, knowledge, if you like, to go to a GP if they're feeling these symptoms and say, I think this is what I've got. Can I have a blood test and not just be dismissed? Mm-hmm. Um, and also to raise awareness with with healthcare professionals and GPs that, yeah, the symptoms can kind of be um, confused with other things, but to just give patients the the, the power. And if they say, mm-hmm. I think this is this is something worse, can I have a blood test? Then do it. Yeah, definitely. Right. Let's give this quiz a go, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> Let's see how much we actually know about our campaign. Okay. okay, so let me just explain what we're doing with the quiz here. <laughs> what we're doing is a backwards quiz. So a bit like you've probably seen on Mock the Week, the idea is to take the answer to the question and see if people can work out what the question is. We'll loosely maybe keep track of what the score is and see who, who knows the most. Loosely. <laughs> um, but basically the idea is, yeah, so I'll, I'll explain. It probably makes sense just to start with something. Mm-hmm. So I'll pick something out and see if you know the answer of it. Okay. okay. So the first answer is the 11th of September, 1969. Does anybody know what the kind of yeah, question yeah, yeah, relates yeah. to? I didn't okay, want to go on then. You can <laughs> go on. Okay. This might be the only one I get. So I think this is when Leukemia Care was founded as a charity fifty Woo. years ago. Ding yeah. ding ding! That is, that is, that the, is the answer. answer. Yeah. So fifty years of Leukemia Care as a charity, we're celebrating this year. Um, we're doing all kinds of events. We've got an event in Parliament on that day to celebrate um, with MPs in particular and try and raise the profile of leukemia. Okay, so start with an easy one. One point for Kate. <laughs> These are in no particular order. I am as you can see picking them out of a hat. Okay, so the next one is nine thousand nine hundred per year. And this one. Go on then, Charla. The number of people diagnosed with leukemia a year. Yeah, but that's an interesting would... pronunciation of leukemia. <laughs> oh, no, that's where I thought, oh my God, is it blood yeah. cancer or is it leukemia? Yeah, so that, Definitely leukemia. Yeah, so that is the number of people who are diagnosed <laughs> with leukemia in the UK each year. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that's so that's one every hour with leukemia every single day, every day of the year. Yeah, I guess that's wow. the key point of the campaign. Yeah. Well, and the intention is to make sure as many of those are diagnosed as early as possible. Yeah. 
Um, okay, let's pick this one. I think I know which one this one is because it's pretty text heavy. Pulls out a novel from the hat. What is this? A cancer which starts in the blood forming tissue, usually the bone marrow, it leads to the overproduction of abnormal white blood cells, the part of the immune system which defends the body against infection. It's the definition of leukemia. That is I was the thinking, is that too obvious? Yeah. No, it is the definition yeah. of leukemia. It was question number one when yeah. I was writing the quiz. <laughs> oh, okay. That comes from our relearning course. That's why I recognise that. that. Recognise that paragraph? That Did you write it? <laughs> <laughs> I've, re- I've read it so many times. It's like ingrained. So that, that, that literally comes word for word from the awareness course, which yep. we're launching for the public this September. So on, free? Uh, yeah, a free, free awareness course. course you can take. From the links on our website. Um, but it's basically a little bit of information that anybody who's a member of the public might want to know about. Yeah. Leukemia. So leukemiaelearning.org.uk, and you get a nice certificate at the end. Yeah. Really and good. there's lots of really cool videos to watch, including one with Kate. <laughs> Start of the course. <laughs> okay, so that's that's one each, isn't it? Oh, this one, this is an interesting one. Let's see if anyone knows this one. Mm-hmm. 518 feet and nine inches. Is that the Spinnaker Tower? No, I like I like the thinking, but no, it's not the Spinnaker Tower. Um no, I was going to say skydive or something, but it's not. That's got to be way more. No, Blackpool Tower height. It is the height of I the guess Blackpool the Tower. Yeah. Oh, so two fair. for Nicole. So <laughs> one <anything>. of the <laughs> that was quite up only because you said the first one. I would guess it's not skydive. <laughs> so one of the things that we're doing this September is buildings around the UK are lighting up as part of our spotlight on leukemia. Uh, campaign we've got over 50 buildings lighting up around the uk one of which is the black bull tower other ones include grand central in birmingham the spinning uh, tower which is why i said it's for context (laughs) (laughs) town hall yeah Yeah, all around the uk there's a variety of buildings and you can see a map of them on our website if you want to see them but also pop along um, and go and visit them and see them lit up red in honour of Blood Cancer Awareness really Month. Obviously, we're really grateful for everyone who's done it because they haven't charged us a penny, which wow. is even better. They've yeah, been really, everyone's been really helpful. Yeah, but maybe really looking forward to that. Yeah, so you probably should name it. Yeah, I probably but. should. <laughs> so, 2-1 to Nicole. Okay. Fatigue. One of the symptoms of leukaemia. The most common symptom of leukaemia. Oh, you so, <laughs> so, According to our survey. It is, according to our survey, is the most common symptom experienced by patients of every single leukaemia mm-hmm. type individually before diagnosis. Um, do you want to explain a little bit what fatigue mm-hmm. means from a patient perspective rather yeah. than just the word fatigue? Yeah, so when you say to people who ask, you know, what are the symptoms, you say, well, fatigue, and they say, what, well, are you a bit tired? Um Yes, but it's not like your normal tiredness. So the way I describe it, and in fact, somebody at work asked me this today before I came here. Well, what do you mean by that? So I said, well, it's doing your normal everyday tasks, but you get really tired just doing them. And it's it's not just like, oh, I feel a bit sleepy. It's you feel like your body is just sort of slowly shutting down, basically. So I used to walk my dogs around the same field every day. And before I was diagnosed, I'd have to stop sort of two or three times during that walk just because I felt like I needed to just catch my breath and just rest a little bit. Um, And I almost I just wanted to sit down. (laughs) And that's how it felt. Even just walking upstairs is tiring. So that's that's how I describe it to people. It's like an overwhelming sense of your whole body just feeling like it just wants to stop. Mm -hmm. Cool. So thank you for that. I'm going to give Charlotte a point and I'm going to give Kate half a point because Kate yeah. can sort of. <laughs> so two, two, one Take and a half. So <laughs> <laughs> Shh. 
Okay. The most common form of leukemia in adults. CLL. Which is? Chronic lymphocytic leukemia. Yes. That is oh, in the I Western... I would have said AML. I would have said AML too. No, dreadful. I was like, no, no, no. No, in the Western no. world. Well, we're, we're lucky we're not giving negative points. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, in the Western world, chronic lymphocytic leukemia is the most common form of leukemia in adults. And it's actually the most common form of leukemia oh, overall. I didn't know that. There we go. Yeah. Okay, so three points. <laughs> this feels good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 400. Just 400, 400. Exact, 400 exactly. You're not 400 saying like 400 people, or you're not giving us any no, more? No, just 400. Oh, I mean, I have got an idea, but maybe wildly out. Go for it. Go for it. Is it something like the number of places we've got in the London Marathon or something? I wish. No. <laughs> I don't know what that number is. 185. 185. Oh, okay. I was wildly out. Um, well, no, 185 pretty good, though. Mm. 400, I'll be very happy with that. <laughs> okay, we've got another guess. 400. Would it completely spoil it if you gave us? Yes. Oh, okay. Oh. Is it something to do with... It's something to do with the campaign. Oh. I can't, literally. I don't know. It's so embarrassing. We can't even <laughs> guess. Have you got any idea? I've not got the foggiest and I should know. You really, you really should know this one. <laughs> okay, so I'll break it to you. The number of locations that are doing pharmacy bags. Yes! Oh, yes! <laughs> I would never have oh. that. Well, Nicole really <laughs> should I should know this because I've looked at this list so many times. So, exactly. So exactly 400 independent <laughs> pharmacies throughout <laughs> September will be giving oh, out prescription bags so with annoying. leukemia on it. I mean, that's great though. Yeah. That's for, really good. It's the best part of half a million bags. So it's huge awareness. Wow. And on the back of the bag, there'll be a course for the public, same course that we've been talking about, and a course for pharmacists to take, which is very exciting. Yeah, (laughs) to raise pharmacist awareness, particularly in community pharmacies, of Mm. some of these common flu-like symptoms and when they should be worried and when to refer patients. Brilliant. And if anyone wants to know where their local pharmacy is, we're going to put it on our Facebook page in the next few weeks, and there'll be a map so people can go see. But there are some local ones around here. We're going to go pop down and we're going to have a little test, go buy some packets of tunes and see if we get the back. (laughs) (laughs) Cheapest thing in the pharmacy. (laughs) That and the light up and one other thing that we... I won't spoil. But people could do like a little tour of their area of all the Essentially, yeah. And see on. if they can spot them. Yeah. <laughs> we. <Wee. laughs> <laughs> um, okay, oh, so next one is 37%. I've, I know this is one I should oh, know. It's not like the way you're just like uh, looking at 37%, 37% is percent. the number of people that are diagnosed in an emergency leukaemia. Yes, so 37% of all leukaemia types combined are diagnosed via emergency presentation, compared to a cancer average of only 22%. So that's nearly twice as many. And if you take some of them, particularly the acutes, so AML, 53% of patients are diagnosed in emergency, and ALL, 65% are diagnosed in emergency. That's the highest of any cancer type at all. And the reason why it actually matters is emergency presentation is associated with both one month and 12 months reduced survival. So it's not just important from an awareness point of view, it's actually important that people are diagnosed as early as possible because it impacts both on survival but also on patient experience. Yeah, yeah, definitely agree agree with that. that. And another point for Nicole. Yeah, I know. Four, three, one and a half. All right. Bring it back. Let's give Kate the first go at it. I don't, okay. I don't think anyone will know this one now. Oh. Over 100 million. So 100 million plus is what it says. 
the money I'd like to win on the lottery. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to enter the Euro Millions then. But I no. think I might have a... You, sh- you have might. A, I think I might have... Let's let Kate have one guess. I actually didn't know this until I was preparing the quiz, so it was quite cool. Ah. Over 100 million. No idea. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's number of people reached with last year's campaign. So it's the number of people reached by Spot Leukemia campaign wow. so far. So, since, so across several mm. campaigns. Since, yeah, so it doesn't include this year's because okay, we haven't point, done it no. yet. Um, yeah, you can half a point. Thanks. <laughs> You're winning already. It is, so. it is quite impressive. Yeah. But we've got so much more to do because the emergency presentation rates just don't seem to be changing that much. Yeah. So well, we know we've got a massive job on our hands. And that's the point. We will keep doing the Spot yeah. Leukemia campaign until the emergency rates come down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we'll do more and more until we yeah. do. So you can have half a point for that. Thank you. Treasured. (laughs) (laughs) So that's four and a half points. Novel number two. No, this one's quite simple. Okay. Okay. So fatigue, bruising and bleeding, frequent infections, weakness and breathlessness, fever, joint or bone pain. Can I please have this? (laughs) So these are the symptoms of leukaemia for the spot leukaemia campaign. Yes. Yes. So these are the six most common symptoms of patients with all leukaemia types reported in our patient experience survey yeah. and they form the six symptoms we're raising awareness of yeah. in the campaign yeah yes you can have a whole point for that thank okay. you <laughs> <laughs> couldn't sound more patronizing <laughs> <laughs> okay okay so around two hundred and fifty thousand people living with blood cancer in the uk Yes, you are correct. How do we define living with, Justin? So that is the estimated prevalence of the number of people with blood cancer currently in the UK. Um, And I will get to the... Well, we probably shouldn't start talking about definitions on a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Probably Um, not the most interesting thing. But it does show, when we're talking about leukaemia, obviously we mentioned 9,900 diagnosed each year. And blood cancers, we talk about 34,000 people being diagnosed each year it actually adds up to a quarter of a million people are living with this, are mm. affected by it. So it's not just about diagnosis, it's, it is about everybody. Mm. And yeah, that's yeah. just patients. Think about the family members as well, that number grows even more. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> okay, so you, you're now winning by miles. It's, it seems totally unfair. Well, okay. Bring it back. <laughs> yeah, you can still bring it back. Well, you might be able to. <laughs> you you can still win. Will. Should we let you answer every question? No. <laughs> so the next one is a hundred plus types. Blood cancers. Yeah. So there are a hundred. There are over a hundred different types of blood cancers. I almost went leukemias, and I thought, no, it'd be silly. No, so there isn't actually an exact definition people argue over how many different types of blood cancers there are because it depends. But everybody's in agreement that there is more than 100 That's crazy. different types of blood cancer. I was thinking that, but I thought, no, it can't be over 100. But there's 100 plus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you take the main different types, so leukemia, lymphoma, myeloma. Leukemia is there's four main types, yeah. but again, there's loads mm-hmm. of other rare yeah. ones. Like, like mine, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Representing me all the <laughs> rare, yeah. rare blood cancer The APL types. crew. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to my APL. <laughs> Do you know how many points you have, Charlotte? Because I've lost track. No. Oh. Less than me? Less than you, but I, I, think, you, I think you have five and a half and I think Charlotte has four. It's something like that, but yeah. 
Okay, we're getting a nod right, behind the camera. So yeah. <laughs> Do we even know how many types of leukemia? Because I know this year we've been doing loads of rare leukemias, but they never seem to be ending. There must be an estimation, yeah, somewhere of the yeah. number. Off the top of my head, I don't know because it depends on how you define it. Yeah. So mm. something like APL, for example, do you include that as an AML or not? Oh. I mean, do I would say no. Should, well, well, I don't know. So, it shouldn't be because you have different treatments. So scientifically, a lot of like trials, for example, say non-APL AML yeah. because yeah. in many cases yeah. the other yeah. AML types yeah. can be treated the same. Or you could make an argument that you have, for example, ALL. You could say you have B-cell ALL. You could say you have T-cell mm. ALL. So like, or, yeah, or you could have ALL, Philadelphia positive, Philadelphia negative. So it really mm. depends... It, it's, it's really up to you how you define what, yeah. how many types there are. So it's not really, hence the 100 plus types of blood cancer. Yeah. It depends how yeah. you want to split them, really. Lymphoma gets really complicated. Yeah. Okay, so the next one is 65 plus. It's the most common age group for leukemia diagnosis. Yeah, guys, come on! This is really. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you have I was, to, I was have to jump AML. in. Nicole's running I was away. The most, you know, the highest number of AML. Yeah, I was going specific. Yeah, but is, so, it, is, is it leukemia for, for leukemia overall? Two thirds of patients are diagnosed age sixty-five and See, over. that surprises me because mm. I would say there's a lot of childhood yeah. leukemia. So then I would think that was just more specific to AML. When I start, when I started here, I thought yeah. childhood was the predominant. Yeah. I never considered so, old people getting. No. So the interesting thing about it is leukemia is the most common childhood cancer, mm. but leukemia is not most common in children. Only about seven percent right. of leukemia cases are in children. The yeah. majority of those are ALL. Yeah, and it's because other cancers are actually quite rare in yes. children, whereas leukemia collectively accounts for thirty percent of yes. childhood cancer diagnoses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, generally leukemia increases with age. So if I picked it specifically, it's actually the eighty-five plus age group that's the most common. Mm-hmm. And that's not uncommon for cancer in general, as in most no, cancers, no. So yeah. leukemia is generally associated with age, as is cancer in general, yeah. because of the factors to do with cell division. Okay, 4,700 per year. My brain has just gone. Um, uh, I was going to say something to do with stem cell transplants, is it? Nope. No. It's probably far too clever an answer for this one. (laughs) Early diagnosis. Um, is it to do with... So it's a leukemia fact rather than necessarily an early diagnosis on this one. Oh, okay. Oh, God. Leukemia deaths in the UK? Oh as morbid goodness. as that is, yeah. but actually, so, uh, oh, okay. so, wow. yeah, yeah. So there are nine thousand nine hundred people diagnosed each year, and four thousand seven hundred people die as a result of leukemia or leukemia-related to deaths. Is mm. the technical definition yeah. that's from two thousand and sixteen, which is most up-to-date stat. Wow, yeah. so it's still a significant amount. That's it's, it's, it's a really high number. That's really, really high number, and over half of those are AML. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So it's not a particularly just cheery one. Do something about AML. Well, there's lots of treatment advances going on in the AML space at the moment, and that number is coming down. So hopefully, over time, that number will become as well as small as little as possible, as near to zero. Yes. Mm. Okay. So, sixty-one percent have access. Access to a CNS. Is that of all leukemia types? Access to a CNS. So, what's a CNS, Charlotte? Clinical nurse specialist. And what's their role? Uh, kind of vaguely, just sort of like a supportive role. 
within a hospital. So you have your consultant to make all the clinical decisions and then a CNS is supposed to support you in other ways, be the first point of call. Um, but not everyone gets one, obviously, from no, the fact. Yeah. So from our patient experience survey, only 61% of leukaemia patients reported having access to a clinical nurse specialist. Um, and one of the concerns about that is a CNS is reported by the NHS survey as the biggest driver of positive patient experience. Yeah. And it's an um, NHS long-term plan. It's something yeah. they want all cancer patients mm. to have access to. So yeah. it's something the NHS, the government, is committed to. So... Yeah, and it's hugely important that all patients are able to access this. So that's twofold. Firstly, in terms of hospitals providing CNSs and making sure patients know who the Mm. person is to contact, Mm. but also patients making use of their clinical nurse specialist, they are a point of contact you can go to for questions. Um, And if you look at some particular groups, so clinical uh, CLL patients, for example, on watch and wait, only 29% of patients report having access to a CNS. Mm. Um, and obviously there's all kinds of emotional issues associated with CLL and watching weight and having a CNS to reach out to is really, really important. Yeah, um, my CNSs were amazing and still are. I'm still in contact with them. They do my bone marrow biopsies every three months. Um, you can ring them, talk to them about anything. We used to go meet up for coffees and things, you know, on their lunch breaks. They're brilliant. So I think access to a CNS is essential. Mm. Okay. Um, acute myeloid leukemia, AML, acute lymphoblastic leukemia, ALL, chronic myeloid leukemia, CML, and chronic lymphocytic leukemia, CLL. What's that? Anyone know the question? Could you uh, read it again? I know, I know the question. I know what it is. AML, ALL, CML, CLL. Um, the four main types of leukemia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I was so close. <laughs> yes, those are obviously, and as we've mentioned, there are lots of other rare types of leukemia, but the vast majority of leukemia cases are, leukemia cases are one of those four types. Yeah. Mm. And interestingly, I was diagnosed as AML for a week before they realised it was a- APL. So quite often you're diagnosed as one of those main ones yep. before you they realise it's actually a subtype. We're just doing a booklet on one as well at the minute by Phenotypical, which is neither ALL or AML. It's a combination of the two. Wow. Yeah, fascinating. Like, really interesting. Ooh, wow. But yes, super rare. Yeah. But it also means that then your treatment actually starts even later. Because yes, because they're still waiting yeah, to find out what still you're Still waiting to find out. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I think Nicole's in the lead by one and a half, if I... If my maths is correct, which it may not be, so apologies if it's not. Um, but there are four questions to go. Let's ramp up attention. Yay. <laughs> um, so this one is the most common form of leukemia in children. We will answer this. Is it ALL? Yes, you are correct. And ALL is? Acute lymphoplastic leukemia. Yes, you are correct. And that is, yeah, the most common. So ALL is about 450 cases per year diagnosed in children um, of 750 ALL cases diagnosed each year in the UK. Okay. I don't remember what this one is. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> you don't know the answer. <laughs> this isn't going to okay, go. No, I, I do know. Okay. 36. <laughs> I don't like the number ones where there isn't more context. <laughs> is it about the campaign or is it about leukemia care? It's mm. about the campaign. The campaign. 36. So we haven't mentioned the billboards yet, so I'm going to go with that. 
No. no? Okay, we'll come back to that afterwards. Yeah, there isn't one about the billboards, so you can mention what we do with billboards. Okay, want. so for context, um, I guess Nicole actually probably better off explaining this. Okay, <laughs> so I'm trying to remember all the details now. So in September, from the 4th to the 11th of September, on certain billboards around the UK, there will be spot leukemia billboards going up. So digital, normally like the ones that you see by bus stations and things like that. The interesting thing with these ones are they're all 500 metres away from a GP surgery. So we're not only trying to grab people's attention to book an appointment if they're really thinking about doing it, but also if any GPs are travelling to work, they may well see the posters as well. So there's a week... Um, the posters will be seen over 250,000 times because that's how many times they'll play. Um, they've all got individual signs and symptoms stuff on them. First time we've ever done it and we're hoping to ramp up the awareness raising and there will be a map so people can check out where the local billboard is. That's great. It's really exciting. We've never done it before, but hopefully it should really ramp up the awareness. Yeah. People will start to see the signs everywhere they go. So that's the final bit of the, the joke Charlotte was making earlier about being able to go and see your pharmacy yep. awareness again, able to see the buildings lit up in red and being able to go and see local billboards. You can see all of them on the map yep. if you want to go and find them. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so back to the 36. 36. Anyone going to hazard a guess? Or do you need more of a hint? I'll just say... Do you need a what the unit is? Mm, yeah. Okay, so it's people. 36 people. That doesn't help. Mm. Oh, I just had a clue. <laughs> what? Are we getting off No, is it, is it patient stories? <laughs> sort of. The number of people who've shared their story for the campaign. So my no? clue wasn't even right. <laughs> Sabotage from the camera. So Damn it. 36 is the number of patients who have shared their story as part of the campaign to this just for September. Such, wow. a, such a huge response. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, so 36 different people, none of whom we've done videos. No, nope, completely before. brand new. That's um, so good. Yeah, it's amazing. Sharing their personal experience of being diagnosed. And um, we've also got a couple of kind of family members sharing that, that perspective as well. Yeah, so a I mean, couple of them already online, aren't they? A couple so. of them already gone online. So we had Colin at the weekend. We had Nikki who shared us on Harrison's story. We had Tom Hunt, lovely young lad from up north. He shared his story. Uh, got loads coming up loads and loads we had Kerry she went in Daily Mail last week spoke about her story the husband Paul's running the London Marathon for us but we've had some incredible people this year really like generous with the time and sharing their experience and as Kate proved last year it makes such a difference yeah. Like yeah. just having that person to go and it shocked people uh, people are legitimately shocked yeah. by what people have gone through yeah and come out the other side and one of the things is we should say thank you to all of the people oh, who shared yeah. their story I mean really, amazing we can obviously raise awareness of what the common symptoms are but the context that people can add by sharing their story and explaining this is what they actually went through yeah. and this is what it's like is something that obviously we can't do on we, our couldn't, own we couldn't do half the campaign we're doing without people just volunteering and it's yeah. such a big thing to put yourself out there when you've never yeah. done it before yeah it's scary it is scary <laughs> it's a massive it. leap because it's yeah. unknown but it is it's really good and the amount of people that reach out to you the amount even, of emails we had now. for you yeah <laughs> all the media people like who just wanted a bit of, yeah. of your story everywhere it yeah. was a bit mad last year yeah it was <laughs> uh, well, it really was <laughs> but okay. yeah, yeah, metro even... want to talk to you <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so it's still it's still having an impact now so yeah brilliant yeah, and if you're interested in seeing any of the stories, there's a mixture of videos and written stories that'll be going, particularly across Facebook, but all of the social media platforms. A few bits on podcast as well. 
So we've got a few special yeah. podcasts coming out this September. Yeah. Yes, we have actually. Yeah. There isn't a question about them. So do you want to explain what we're doing with the podcast? So we've got um, Jeff Thomas, who's an ex-England footballer, and he has CML. And he very kindly spoke to me and Chris um, a few months ago now, actually, but that one's going out soon. Um, oh, here <laughs> when my mind goes blank. Um, we've also spoken to Dame Sally Davis, who's the outgoing chief medical officer. Um, unfortunately, her husband died from CML in, in the 80s. Um, so that was kind of a different perspective. And she talked a bit about, you know, what, what's different now and how it was for families back then. And Nicole helped me with the last one, please. <laughs> Um, Can you think? Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns. Nicole did that him? one. And oh, I was like, it was such a burden him? to go and do that one. <laughs> yes, yeah, so yeah. Nicole and Chris um, visited Roman Reigns back in April now, wasn't it? May. 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 Back in May. May. And it's coming out on the 6th of September, finally. Yes. Mm-hmm. And just for context for anyone who doesn't know who Roman Reigns is. So Roman Reigns, <laughs> think Big Daddy, think uh, Hulk Hogan. He's basically the biggest WWE wrestler in the world right now. And he's got CMA. Yeah. So he's diagnosed when he was 24, which is really young for a CML patient. Lived with it for 10 years. Um, he was on matinib. It, Don't spoil it. They've got to listen to the podcast. They already Nicole. know this bit. <laughs> yeah, he stopped responding and he had to make a big announcement. And that's when he basically revealed to the world he had leukemia. So we picked it up at that point from where he revealed his leukemia. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's a very, very good podcast. I don't know anything about wrestling, and I still enjoyed it. So yeah. <laughs> everybody should listen. Uh, and there'll be a podcast coming each week throughout yep. September. Each of those dropping each Friday. Whoa. <laughs> dropping. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. Let's finish this quiz. Okay. So I don't know. Is it, what is Nicole? Nicole's two, still in the lead. So I don't think anyone. I don't think anyone can catch up. Who's counting anyway? I mean, <laughs> well, me, but really, really badly. <laughs> um, so this one is forty-eight percent felt they had a good understanding. This is from the patient survey. GP understanding. So patients who said they felt their GP had a good understanding of blood cancer. That is correct. Good That's very co- hard question. to explain that one. Yeah. Good question. Though. Yeah. But it shows the importance of the GP education and awareness as part of the campaign. Yes, definitely. And we're doing some GP training in September. Yes, okay. the new GP courses are live now, aren't they? New GP courses through Gateway C, and we're doing an in-person event in Wales, isn't it? Uh, Northwest. Northwest. Wigan Way, isn't it? Yeah, the Wales we ones any... are later in the year. That's it. If we have any GPs listening, please get in touch if you want to sign up to anything. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, and the final question of the quiz is, mm. the answer is around 27,000. Again, just a number. <laughs> it's a difficult People. one. Oh, we're going, okay, it's peaceful. Stunned silent. Yeah. I'm looking for cues off camera again. <laughs> well, don't look for cues off camera. He didn't help last time, did he? No, he didn't. <laughs> That's true. Uh, he doesn't know the answers. Any other clues? Per year. No, oh, no, it's not per year. This stat isn't per year. Yeah, <laughs> currently. Currently? Yeah. 27,000 people currently. I am stumped. Is it like something like on the stem cell, on the donor list or something? Nope. No. It's a leukemia stat. Leukemia stat. Yeah. We've done currently live with, haven't we? No, we've done blood cancers. Uh, currently live with leukemia. Straight in there. No. 27,000 is the estimated 10 year prevalence of leukemia in the UK at the moment, which is how they calculate it. Okay. 
Wow. Which is why I didn't answer your question earlier about how the prevalence stat was calculated, because that was the technical answer <laughs> for this one. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there are 27,000 people living in the UK with blood cancer, uh, with leukemia. <laughs> just really confused. That <laughs> yeah, <podcast>. what? <laughs> great. Well, not great. It's all so, just over 10% of that overall blood cancer living with. Yeah, yeah, about 10% wow. of it. Same. Yeah, so congratulations, Nicole. You are the winner of the Leukemia oh, oh, Stats Quiz. And as the person who wrote the awareness call, so I guess that certainly <laughs> You probably should have won it. So we deduct five points <laughs> yeah, and from Nicole the for that. Way. And we deduct <laughs> five points from Charlotte for working for Leukemia Care. And Kate wins. <laughs> Kate wins. <laughs> What's the prize? Well, thank you for that. A quiz. syringe pen. So oh. that's not very <laughs> oh no, I do like the syringe pens. That's Everyone likes the syringe pens. <laughs> Ten thousand and counting. Uh, well, on that topic, we should probably briefly go over everything that's going on for spot leukemia, just because the message probably got a bit garbled in with our <laughs> celebrations. So, we've got the pharmacy bags in independent pharmacies, and you can find the map online. Um, we are doing the light up, and yep. there's another map online. Um, for GPs, do we are we getting people to are we encouraging people to go out to their GPs this year and spread awareness? Yeah, so if there's anyone who can take like leaflets off us. We've got leaflets, we've got posters. Please get in touch. We can send them to you. It'd be great if you could deliver them to your local GP surgery. Yeah, take them to your GP surgery, take them to your pharmacy, yes. take them to your local hospital, encourage them to put take up awareness boards. Yeah, well. anywhere. Yeah. Anywhere mm, where schools. lots of people gather. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And on the subject of ordering stuff, we've got a lot of merchandise again in this year. Um, and we've had, maybe you just say 500? Over 500 orders in the past three days. So it's been busy. Wow. <laughs> and we've packed them all up already, so it has been busy. Yeah, um, if anyone's <laughs> listening, they're already on the way. Yeah. They'll be hitting the doorsteps when the podcast comes out. Yes, that's true. Um, so we've got wristbands, we've got pen badges. Uh, Car stickers. Yeah. Trolley pounds. Yeah. Um, All sorts of pens. Stuff. Syringe pens, yeah. Yeah, the pens have been popular. Uh, oh, and no, you haven't mentioned the really cool one we've got this year. So our symptoms cards this year, we've updated slightly. We have oh, a yeah. symptoms card, but the other thing that we have alongside it is a fridge magnet with the common Ooh. symptoms. So yeah, you can everyone, likes your fridge. A, everyone likes a fridge can magnet. Can I take one of these? On yes. Of course you can. <laughs> <laughs> of course you can. <laughs> so every time you open your fridge, but even like tea. the GP surgery, we'll talk about this the other day. If the GP surgery wants any magnets, they could put them on like the injection fridges and things yeah. like that and keep them at work. On yeah. the tea fridge and when they yeah, milk and exactly. all that, every single fridge. Put them like. everywhere you can think yeah. of. Yeah. And you can order all of these online on our website completely for free. We'll post them out to you so that you can spread awareness. Yeah. Um, then we mentioned the billboards earlier and then I guess the final thing to mention is if people wanted to do a fundraising event how do they get in touch so they can send us a message via social media or email us on fundraising at leukemiacare.org.uk Claire who's our community fundraiser would love to hear from fundraisers wanting them to do stuff even from take a collection tin once a collection tin's filled it's about 40 quid easy one to do put it somewhere to hold a spotty bake sale which is what we do all through september so if you follow us on instagram <laughs> you'll see what our, our baking efforts are like but bake, bake sales always raise really good money decades party because we're turning 50 yes decades party are quite fun we did one of those the other week in the office anything they can think of to turn it into a fundraiser do a facebook fundraiser they're really simple click yeah. of a button brings in money to the charity and it all gets put put towards supporting other people with leukemia so it's a win-win yeah great well thanks guys thank you for the quiz that was good fun and um, (laughs) my pleasure look out for the 
famous people podcasts coming every Friday yep. during September and um, get busy with awareness raising. Psst. We've got a little bit of a secret to share. So on the 15th of September at what 7.57 is the first airing. Precisely. Listen to BBC Radio 4 as our very own podcaster Kate will be talking about her experience of leukemia for our Radio 4 appeal. Um, so Kate, do you want to tell us a bit about what yeah. that experience was like to record at, at the BBC Studios? It was Studios? brilliant. I loved it. I felt like a star for the day. Um, we went to London, went to the BBC Radio 4 Studios, recorded the appeal. It was really fun. And hopefully it'll help raise lots of awareness for the spot leukemia campaign and also for the training of the GPs that we do. Um, so, yeah, please listen on, on the 15th. And Nicole, how can people, what do people have to do once they've listened? So if if you wanted to make a donation after listening, we'd be very grateful. So um, the main way of donating is actually through Radio 4 themselves. So on the appeal, Kate reads out a few ways that people can make a donation, but it can be done via their website. It can be done via cheque. And if you listen to the appeal, Kate reads out the uh, the address for the cheque beautifully and the BBC will handle that for us. Alternatively, if you can't remember any of that and you just fancy giving us a little donation, come to our website. There's a big donate button on the top right-hand side. Pop it in there and put Radio 4 Appeal as a reason so we know why you've given that money. But we really hope you enjoy listening to the story and it makes a big difference. It's been very exciting. Yeah. Six months project is going to be come to fruition very very shortly. Yeah. So listen out. 15th of September, 7.57am. Yeah. First airing. So there'll be more throughout the day. So there's one on the evening and then there's one on the following Thursday. So it'll be aired three times in that week. If you want to know when it's going to be on there, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We'll be mentioning it quite a lot last, that week. And if you're not already subscribed to our communications, go on our website, subscribe to, to hear from us, and we'll send you an email as a reminder. So look out for that, everyone. For a little teaser of what you hear on the day, listen to this. Hi, my name is Kate Stallard. I was diagnosed with acute promyelocytic leukemia, APL, in September 2016. After extensive treatment, including chemotherapy, I suffered a relapse and needed a stem cell transplant. I am now, thankfully, in remission. I am supporting Leukaemia Care because they created a network of support and information for people diagnosed with blood cancer and their loved ones, whilst also focusing on educating healthcare professionals about the signs and symptoms of leukaemia, such as bruising, night sweats, headaches and fatigue. Knowledge of the symptoms of leukaemia leads to earlier diagnosis, improving outcomes and saving lives. They can continue their good work if they had more money, so I hope you can give them your support. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leukaemia Chatters. For more information and support from Leukaemia Care, go to our website leukemiacare.org.uk or call our helpline 08088 010444. See you next month.